as we consider the magnificent beauty, the depth and the breadth of the joy that's given to us by Christ Jesus, I want you to understand the power that was transmuted to us in that little manger. I want you to understand why God chose to send the King of kings and the Lord of lords into this world in such a simplistic way. Because his desire was not just to put on display his power and his glory to all of humankind. It was to call us to him and to give us that same joy. You realize that joy comes when we learn to not worry about anything, to pray about everything, to give thanks in all things, and to think about all the right things. That's when God gives us that joy. And He wants us to have it even now. He wants us to walk with that the rest of our lives. There's an old story that's told in Nova Scotia of a farmer there back a hundred years ago who was looking for the perfect farmhand to work for him. He made the statement that he was looking for a man that was strong and wise, one that could think as he thought about his farm. And he interviewed and he talked to so many young men, and halfway through the interview, many of them would say, I can never do this job. But one day a man came along who was almost as old as the farmer, but he was asked, how can you do this job? Are you a good farmhand? And this is his reply. He, he said, I can sleep as the wind blows at peace. Well, he didn't fully understand that, but the farmer hired him because he was the only one that really was there to take the job. And then the night came when the storm arrived coming off the coast of the Atlantic. It was a horrible storm. It was more than a nor'easter. It was blowing everything around, and the farmer woke in a fright in the middle of the night, and he threw on his top coat, and he ran out to the barn to wake up his hand, his only helper. And he shook him, and he said, come, let's fasten everything down. And he looked, and he says, I'm resting easy, I'm not worried, and he rolled over. Well, the farmer grunted, and he was thinking, how can I fire this man in the middle of a storm? And he ran outside to tie down uh, the stacks of hay, and they were already tied down. He looked out to see if the livestock that were in the corral needed to move, be moved in the barn. They were already there. Everything was tied down. Everything was taken care of. And suddenly, in the middle of his frantic concern, he understood what the hand was saying. He could sleep through the storm because he had prepared. That's what brings us joy. Not what we do with our own hands, but what God has done through His Son. That's how we can, in the panic of life and in the stresses of this world, we can hold on to that hope. We've got to be a people that are sure of that. And the moral of this story and this farmer is, when you're prepared, you have to fear nothing. And our hope is, and our understanding is, that Jesus has prepared for us. We are told that there were shepherds living out in the fields there, caring for their flocks, and they were the ones that heard the message. They are the ones that the angels came to. If it were planned by mankind today, surely they would have appeared before the media, or met somewhere in New York or Los Angeles or somewhere in between and proclaimed the truth. But you see, good news travels fast, 
At least it did back in that day. And the news was given to those people who were searching for it, who were looking for it, who were hoping for it. The angels talked about a great joy for all people. That means you and me. That means we're not left out. Often we do not experience that joy. I hope that this Christmas has not been one of frustrations for you. I hope that you've not been angered or or agitated by the inability to find what you want. Remember this, Christmas is not about things, but it's about people. And sometimes the gathering together of a family is the most special event that can occur. Don't allow the absence of certain things to change your view of Christmas. Paul talks about joyful living in in the book of Philippians chapter 4 when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. So I guess what that's saying is, is if Target and Amazon, they don't have it, talk to God about it. You probably don't need it. Christmas is much more than that. Paul said, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I love this last part. I often say this as I'm going to bed at night thinking about the struggles of life and the frustrations and, and when you find yourself in a place that you never really planned. Listen to what it says. Finally, brothers... Whatever's true and whatever's noble, whatever's right and whatever's pure, whatever's lovely and whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. That's how you have joy. That's what Paul was talking about here. That's the joy that can be found in the Christ child, the risen Lord, and the indwelling Holy Spirit. I want to say just simply three things to you, and and you can go after that, because we've already worshipped in a mighty way. And I thank all of those who have prepared for today and have made it special already. For truly, the joy of the Lord is in our hearts. The first thing I'd say to you is simply this. Don't worry about anything anymore. Get over that worry. Worry has no place in your life. Worry is taking responsibility God never intended you to have. Worry is a joy killer, and it's a source of stress. It can take away the greatest happiness and plunge you into the deepest depression ever. You know, it is said by Smithsonian Magazine not long ago that that this is the age of religious things, but says God is interested in everything about us. Everything. Everything. God wants us to be happy. But don't allow yourself to get caught up in the planning and the pre-planning and the execution of life in such a way that you forget that God meant for you to have joy, not just those you're preparing for. He meant for you to be happy, not just for your family. He meant for you to have that peace and that tranquility that's only given by Him. In the Phillips translation of this passage, it says, When you pray, tell God every detail of your needs. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And I agree with that. Cast your anxiety on Him, and He will protect you, and He will guard over you, and He will meet your every need. We've got to learn to do that. You know, E. Stanley Jones says, worry is the interest that we pay on tomorrow's troubles, and I I agree with that. 
We have to be careful about that. Worry pulls us apart, and we don't need to fall into that trap. The, the Greek word for worry is a, a strange word that means to be drawn in different directions. You ever been pulled in many directions at once? That's what worry is. Trying to make everything perfect. Trying to recreate something from the past. Something that, that, that you enjoyed so, but you, you just can't quite get it right. Well, guess what? God can. He has a way of bringing new experiences and new joys into our life. When we worry, things just seem to get larger that are a disaster. And the joys of life shrink away. There's no, nothing worse than to be in a, a gathering of family and in the middle of that, you miss the joy of what's going on. And many of us do that. Many of us fall into that trap and we need to be careful that we don't do that in a realistic way. You know... We need to be like the 84-year-old grandmother who, who fiercely maintained her independence and in living alone. And her four children lived in the same town but rarely came to see her because they knew how independent she was. They'd come when there was an emergency or something went wrong. And one morning she called all of her children and she said, I've got a problem at the house. I need you to get over here right now. And they all panicked because she never called on them. They got there and they said, Mom, what's wrong? Has somebody broken in the house? She said, yes. They said, where is he? And she said, well, he's upstairs, locked in the closet. They said, locked in the closet? said, yeah, he came last night and I heard him in there. And she said, I didn't want to wake you all up, so I got some nails and I nailed the door shut. And he's in there, go get him. What a wise old granny. She, knew, she said, I was more concerned about you than him. They say when the police took him away, that he had to go to a padded cell. Let me tell you something. Plan ahead. Don't let any circumstance take away your joy or the joy of those round about you. We've got to find a way to be focused on that. Secondly, pray about everything. Don't ever think anything's too small for God to deal with. He wants to. He's waiting to hear from you. By prayer and petition, present those requests. Paul said, in everything. And he didn't say that just simply to fill in space. He meant that. If it concerns you, it concerns God. Take your problems to the Lord. Instead of worrying, upload them to Him. And allow Him to give you the blessing of His presence. And lastly, I want you to realize this. Give thanks in all things. In everything that you do. A life insurance company some years ago did a study and they discovered that people that attended church at least once a week lived an average of five years longer than, than people that didn't attend church. Now, a friend of mine told me that's probably because they got more sleep in church than they would have at home. I don't know. You all look awake. But the reality is there's a peace that, that passes unto us when we learn to trust in Him. And as we abide with Him and we hear Him, not just the words of, of, of the musicians and the soloists and the choir and the, the minister and everyone else speaking, but the words of the Holy Spirit that are communicated to you within, even while you sit here, they give you that peace. And amazingly, you learn to give thanks because you begin to count the blessings that you have in life. Sometimes we're not still long enough to do that. Sometimes we're more focused on what we don't have and we'd like to get 
than on those things we've been blessed by in a mighty way. A church member went through a wreck the other day, and one of the things I communicated to him was this. I'm thankful that God was with you through that. Many times we need to stop and look back at the past year and understand how God has protected us and overshadowed us. It has been well said that only in eternity will we understand the times that God and His angels intervened and we should have been gone. But God does that and He cares for us. Give thanks in all things. Have you ever imagined how this world would be if Christ had never arrived? If we would have lost that ultimate joy? What if 2,000 years ago, Bethlehem had just been another place where census was taken by the Romans who were occupying that area? And what if there had not been the Christ child who was born there? There had been no Christian churches. No Christian institutions of any kind would have existed. There wouldn't have been a Red Cross, a World Vision, a World Relief, a Salvation Army, a Southern Baptist Convention... There would not have been an international mission board or North American mission board. All the charitable organizations started by people of faith who believed in Christ Jesus as the exemplary example of all good things giving would have not been there. Thalatius, the third century Christian monk, founded the first asylum for handicapped children. You may have read about him. The Spartans had a habit of if they had a child that was born with some kind of malady, they would kill them because they felt the gods that they worshipped looked on that favorably. But Thalatius, as a Christian, understood the importance of taking care of these handicapped children, and over 3,000 of those children went on to be missionaries and served as Christians. Apollotanus, a third century merchant, founded the first pharmacy dispensing medicines for free. He believed that people should be healthy, everyone. Fabiola, a devoted Christian lady, founded the first hospital known to exist. The top universities, Harvard and Yale, were all founded. My favorite, the University of Chicago, a Baptist institution. All these schools were founded by people of the Christian faith. Imagine the world without that. And imagine the world without the joy that Jesus Christ has given to us. I don't know about you, but it makes me happy just knowing that He arrived and that He cares. And amazingly, when we turn the lights out in just a few minutes and everyone leaves this building, the joy and the beauty of the Lord will not remain in this building, but it will go with you. And you handle that joy well. Because there's a world outside of these walls that needs it. They need the hope and the help that Jesus allows. They need the joy and the peace that he gives. And most of all, they need the forgiveness that he came to offer. Please handle it gently and give it away freely. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much that as we come to this place to celebrate this, the Advent week of joy, we have much to be thankful for, Lord, for you have been gracious and kind to us. And this week has been a week of challenges, but it's been a week of celebrations. And I pray that as we leave here today, we would take to those who need hope and help.
words of encouragement. Father, I pray right now for those in this room, within the sound of my voice, whether on the radio or on the, uh, the live stream, that they truly would understand the importance of the choices they make in this time of decision. For being a follower of Christ is a choice. Even Simon Peter had to let go of his nets and turn and step out of his boat and follow you, Lord. And we have to make a choice. We can't simply say because we're here we're Christian. No, we have to choose to acknowledge our sins, to repent, to accept the gift of salvation, and then to follow you, Lord. And I pray that if there's someone here in this room that needs to make that decision, that today they would receive the greatest gift ever given, the gift of forgiveness. And Lord, beyond that, if there's another decision that someone needs to make, whether they need to come and join this church or come forward and be baptized in obedience to you, or just simply come and come closer to you in prayer, may that decision be made even now in their hearts, a conscious decision to follow you. And may they receive the joy of the Lord in such a special way because of that. And we pray this in your holy name, Lord. Amen.